0: And thanks for joining The Journey. Hi, my name is Leah, and I'm a worship pastor in Ohio and the creator and host of The Journey podcast and website. I'm on a journey to yes as I follow the Lord's leading in this season of my life, and I hope to inspire others to step out of the boat like Peter and walk on water, never looking to the left or right and getting distracted, but rather fixing your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. My hope is that you find Jesus in your journey as you hear about my journey and the journey of those in the Bible who join Jesus along the way. I pray that you allow him to meet you where you are and trust him as he takes you where he wants you to go. Enjoy the journey. Welcome to episode 22 of The Journey. Today's episode is a continuation from last week's My Journey content that I started kind of diving a little deeper into this understanding of relationships and what it means to be in friendship with people. And uh, based upon a book I've been reading by Jenny Allen called Find Your People. So today I'm going to spend a little bit of time going over a subject that I think is a little bit touchy for some. Uh, Maybe even some might say, well, these are curse words. Joking, right? But the words authenticity and transparency. I believe these two words are absolutely critical pieces to the puzzle when it comes to building close, intimate relationships with others. But also, two things that I believe many people hear and want to run the completely opposite direction. So, therefore, leads me to wonder how can they be in intimate, close relationships with many people? Let's just go back to the three that we had talked about in the last one having your three closest friends, like Jesus did with Peter, James, and John. How can you enter into such a relationship if you are not going to? Be authentic and transparent, uh, just to be your real, raw self. So that's what we're jumping into today. Again, content pulled from the Find Your People book by Jenny Allen. So she starts off one of the chapters called Safe by telling a couple personal examples of relationships that she had lost in her life and how painful it was to lose those friendships. But in the losing of the friendship, she came to a realization. that maybe the transparent part of her was gone. And why and when did that happen? And so she had two friends that uh, kind of left her within 18 months of of each other. Um, and both of them essentially said, the first one said, uh, you never need me. You never need anything from me. I want you to need me more. And the other friend said, I don't think I can be in a relationship like this. She explained Where I'm the only one who is being authentic, where I'm the only one who ever has needs. So it made me start to think and wonder what is it about being authentic and transparent that is so difficult? And why is it so much easier to put up walls instead of just bearing our souls to one another and really, really going into a deep relationship with people, again, outside of your family? That was a big thing that we t- that I talked about last week is is yes, it's important to have this kind of relationship with people, obviously with inside your family, but you've got to have people outside of your immediate family that you can have in your corner at all times to um to be able to be authentic and transparent and to be real, and so she suggests that we hide for lots of reasons. And one of those reasons is because of pain and just understanding that maybe you've been burned before, or, you know, maybe you've opened up to somebody before and that person has used that, that information against you. You know, maybe they take it to another person or, or maybe they, you, you opened up way too fast and they're like, well, this is a bit much for me. I don't know if I could take it. Or maybe you felt judged because you were a bit real with how your your marriages or how you're being a, as a parent or something and so you felt judged by a group of people and then that made you kinda of close off or um I don't know, maybe you invited someone and, and and invested some something in someone and you didn't feel like maybe that was reciprocated or something. So you just thought, you know, I'll leave well enough alone. I'm not I'm not doing it. I'm not going there. There's no reason for it. Uh or or the bridge has been burned and there's there's no way around it. So Something that Jenny Allen states in this book really, really was intriguing to me, and this is kind of where I wish I had a guest today, so I can bounce some information or or have you guys call in while I'm talking, so I can have like this not banter back and forth, but just this co- this conversation back and forth about what your thoughts are, because this one was really this this quote that I'm getting ready to read you from this book is really. Intriguing, it says, while admittedly painful, excruciating even, depending upon the day, the lesson I'm learning right now is that vulnerability is the soil for intimacy, and what waters intimacy is tears. Real, raw, gut-wrenching honesty. And then she gives some examples. Maybe it's about a fight you had with a spouse. Maybe you have an addiction of some kind. Um, maybe maybe it's just something... Um, you know you from your past that you've never really opened up and shared with anybody but it's a burden that you no longer want to bear on your own and you've taken it to Jesus but you just need someone to walk you through that process maybe like me you're in a major life transition where your oldest son is getting ready to graduate high school here in a handful of weeks at this point days and leave for college in the fall and it's just this monumental
1: transition in life and It's hard. And so she wants to suggest that she says, I wish
0: I could tell you that it worked the other way. I wish I could tell you that a friendship built solely on laughter and fun and lighthearted gatherings and good times would stand the test of
1: time, would nourish the needs of your soul. But she's suggesting that that's not enough.
0: And so I'm, I'm posing the question, is it enough? Is laughter and good times just enough, and just kind of surface level fun, I would say, based upon what I talked about last week of having that you know the needing a sage or an encourager, a challenger, yes, you have that fun person, but you have the organizer, you've got that foxhole friend that maybe it's not enough to just have fun, and maybe there you do have that one person who that is the thing you guys you just
1: laugh but. The suggestion here is that in order for intimacy to grow, there must be tears. At least that's what she's saying. And so as I began to think about this, I thought, you know what? I guess the people closest to me who have experienced my wide range of emotions, whether it be angry or
0: or full of joy or you know, sorrowful, grieving, uh, those kinds of things, I do feel are at a different level because I I feel like a bit of that wall comes crumbling down and you just get to be real with who you are. You don't have to pretend like everything's always okay and hunky-dory, right? So she continues to say that when it says, whenever I hide behind my walls with the doors locked tight to keep out the potential of being misunderstood or wronged or devastated or disappointed or disillusioned or mistreated or hurt. I'm also keeping up the good things, everything we are built to crave, being encouraged, being held accountable, being seen, being loved, being known. And we all crave friends in the trenches who will call us mid-cry or whom we can call mid-cry, friends who don't quit, friends who don't judge, and friends who remind us that our hope is in God And they compel us to get out of our robes and into our lives and callings, none of which is possible without the risk of letting go of the walls. And the only way to do that is to become intimate
1: and real, authentic, transparent. We have to risk that pain of being vulnerable
0: in order to have this deepest kind of connection in our lives. And so the suggestion is you cannot say that you have your three closest if you have not experienced something together that would be just a real, raw, vulnerable, gut-wrenching,
1: honest something, whatever that is for you. It doesn't have to be as dramatic as some of the examples that, that I gave,
0: but. Most often, everyone at some point is going to experience something traumatic. And who in your life do you have where in those moments of deep grieving or depression or anxiety or whatever it might be that you might see as something that would be negative, who can you welcome into your circle that you know you could be your real self in that and express whatever you needed to express in that, and there would be no judgment. And so, one reason why people might avoid this intimate relationship with a friend is out of pain, but another, she suggests, is out of shame. And so, she says, you don't risk transparency now because you've shared your struggles before and friends punished you for being so real.
1: So, what does that that mean? So, like, When you think of your relationship with God, it's not one where he does not
0: it, conviction is different than condemnation, right? There's now no condemnation and found in our Lord Christ Jesus, right, so the enemy loves nothing more than to heap lies of shame, you know the blame game, the shame game, and so when Adam and Eve were in the garden, and they ate of the the tree that they were not supposed to, and, and they ate the apple. They became naked, and then it said they knew it because they were full of shame. And God wanted them to come out of there. He's like, "Where are you? Where? Why are you hiding?" And they were hiding because of their shame. And He wanted them to come out of their sin, to come out of their hiding,
1: to come out of their shame, and come back into relationship with Him. Right. So, sin requirement of payment was the price of his death, right? So when Adam and Eve sinned, they made clothes to cover themselves.
0: But then they were called back into relationship. Yes, they had to leave the garden. Yeah, there was a consequence. And and that's the desire of God's heart. His desire is that we would be in right relationship with him. And and you might be saying, well, what does that have to do with my three closest friends? Well, I, everything we do should be rooted in our out of our relationship with God. It, I said this last week, Bethany and I had just talked about it in, in that last guest episode, is that, yes, we need to have the three, Peter, James, and John, just like Jesus did. But when he stole away time to be intimate with the one, his father, right? To spend that time where he was able to grieve and cry and be angry and all of the things and just be raw and real with him. So when we find that we're living in the land of shame or we're having issues with people, most likely our vertical relationship our relationship with god is probably a little bit out of whack or maybe a lot of bit out of whack so my suggestion is in this when was the last time you were vulnerable
1: when was the last time you were authentic and real and transparent with god because i'm going to guess
0: that if you can't do that with him most likely you're not able to do that with anybody else and he's the one who knows you the best. And you, may, you might think, oh, no, my, my husband does. Or, or, oh, no, it's my best friend. It's my mom. But I'm here to tell you that even if you're not in any kind of relationship where you think that God knows you best, he knows you best. He knows your thoughts. He knows your motives. He knows when you sit down, when you stand up, go back and read Psalm 139. He knows it all. And so that remains God's desires that we would be in right relationship with him. He loves us so much that even when we turn away, he's going to fight to bring us back. He values us so much that he has us set in our place and created us for connection and purposes beyond what we can even imagine. And he does all of it because he's loving, he's kind, he's good, he's powerful. He wants us to be free from shame, he wants us to be free from pain. And in being vulnerable, transparent, all of these things with him, we can then begin to open up and trust people. Now, again, I'm going to say what Jenny Allen has said. People will hurt you. I will hurt you. God never will. But if we always hang our hat on a specific person, we will most definitely be let down. God, however, will never let you down. No, things may not go the way that you intended, But again, the Bible says his ways are not your ways. His thoughts are not your thoughts. They are higher. They
1: are better. They are different. His timeline is not your timeline. So sometimes even in this this wall that we build out of shame based upon maybe
0: things that have been said or done by other people, I think sometimes the enemy gets in our heads and he begins to heap these lies of shame on us Based upon our relationship with God, like, oh, he can't love you like that because you did this. Or he, there's no way that you are gonna be able to make it to heaven now because you said that, or you thought this, or you did. And he he likes to like just pour on these lies. That, that's that, that's why he's the author of lies, right? He's the father of lies. He's the he's the father of confusion. That's the complete opposite of of God, my heavenly father. He is not a God of confusion, he is a God of clarity and peace. And so Sometimes I think that when the enemy gets in our mind and when people have wronged us in a way that leaves us feeling kind of shame and guilty over things, we we tend to recoil, right? We tend to back up. We tend to go back into hiding.
1: And then the cycle starts all over and we're isolated. So how can we... How can we make
0: transparency, how can we make authenticity, vulnerability of way of life? Is it really necessary to share every single thing with every single person? Uh, No. But I do believe that it is absolutely safe and right to have a few people in your circle outside of your family where you do share everything. Jenny Allen says your village, your whole village doesn't need to know everything. Only those willingly committing to walking through your everyday life and your deepest struggles qualify. So then the other question posed is, well, what if the other person that I've chosen to be this person for me doesn't reciprocate, doesn't feel safe enough to be transparent with me? What if I'm, I'm able to pour my heart out to this person and I'm crying and baring my soul and I, all I want is that person to, one, console me and walk me through it, but then be able to do that back, and that person's not there. Well, that's a great question. What are you going to do about it? I would suggest, as Jenny Allen does, keep trying. Keep trying. If this is a person that you've deemed as a safe person for you, a person that you feel like this could be one of my, one of my three closest that I just know that I know that I know I, could, I can count on this person, if that person is not willingly reciprocating those feelings, keep trying. It, sometimes it takes practice because some people are better at receiving right they they're good listeners, but they're they're not at a place where they're willing to be open and vulnerable, but sometimes it takes the first step so if you're willing to open up and you're willing to take the risk
1: with time, they too then will be able to do so with you and so so the question
0: another question she says is how do we move past? shallow conversations. This one is great. This is a great question because I think it's easy to get caught up in small talk, right? Like what's on your schedule? How was your, how was church on Sunday? Isn't the weather beautiful? Do you have a vacation planned for the summer? How's your job? Those are all surface level conversations. So how do we move past these shallow
1: conversations into these deep conversations? something that she said really struck
0: me. It says, given how superficial our culture has become, there is no way to deepen a friendship without a bit of clumsy give and take. So it takes effort. It takes time. And I think sometimes because of the time invested, we do tend to lack this authentic, transparent, you know, someone passes you at church or at a track meet or whatever, and they say, Hey, how are you? And you go, I'm fine. It's great. Everything's great. And you just go about your business. Oh, good. Nice to see you. Nice to see you, too. We do it all the time. All the time. Because we don't have the time to be authentic and real and transparent because that takes time to build that kind of relationship. And so, yeah, have your shallow conversations, but get to the deep stuff eventually. Don't just hang there. Plan a get together. Like prepare your friend. Hey, I want to meet you for coffee or hot chocolate or tea or whatever your thing is, but I'm just preparing you. I'm going through some stuff and I just need you to uh, be available for me. And then lead the conversation. And you can prepare the person like, I don't really need you to solve my problem. I just need you to be a listening ear or I'm here for some advice. Like help them help you. Sometimes it takes a little bit of coaching. And then don't let it in there. Don't just dump your stuff in their lap and then, and they'd be like, okay, that was a great counseling session. I'm good for the next three months. No, plan another get together and this time go out and have some fun or something. I don't know. But when sometimes we need to tell people how they need to show up. So if in my mind we're meeting together because I am just in a, I'm on a low spot, I'm struggling and I need someone to just be able to listen and I haven't prepared that person We may come and that person's ready for every shallow conversation possible, or maybe they've got their own stuff and they start dumping on you and you leave feeling heavier than you when you walked in because you didn't prepare them for what's coming. Now, does that happen every time? No. I believe that once you get into a relationship and you are in this kind of intimate, back and forth, vulnerable, authentic place, you can easily, back and forth, share the load of each
1: other's burdens, right? Isn't that what we're supposed to do anyways? So one, one other thing she says is you will only be as close to a friend as you are vulnerable with him or her. Not being, not being critical all the time or just major complainer. There's a
0: really big difference between that. It's not always just a vent session or a complaining session. One of the things that Jenny Allen says at the end of one of the chapters is, what where's the line between complaining and vulnerability? And she says, complaining is usually centered on others rather than acknowledging our own role in the situation. Vulnerability, in comparison, requires humility and an eagerness to grow. Being truly and appropriately vulnerable begins with a heart that desires change, a heart that wants to break the bondage of the negative thought pattern and instead seek and walk in truth. Complaining seeks relief vulnerability seeks tra- transformation and connection. And so I went to a training one time and it was all about triangulation. And there was the, you know, there was the bully and there was the victim and then there was the rescuer. And so the victim always goes and runs to the rescuer and 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 says this big sob story or whatever. And the person that they're talking about then is becomes the bully and they want the rescuer to always bail them out and give them some kind of solution. But Really, they don't really want that. They just want it to be a complaining vent session. And so then that that rescuer feels this burden to either try to solve it or go to that bully and be like, hey, so-and-so just told me. And then it just becomes a really big, nasty mess. And so we don't want to get in this triangulated relationship where all we're doing is just venting and dumping, right? We want to be of support. And so as I was thinking about, like, who in the Bible would be a really good example of... uh. A strong relationship, and I, I kind of thought about David and Jonathan. They were in a covenant friendship. A covenant is a, a, like a promise made between two or more people, and and it carries it carries a long period of time, essentially, until it, it no longer serves a person well. Um, and if you know anything about this, David had to leave, and Jonathan helped him escape his father. and And so, go back and read it for yourself in the Bible. Um, in First in Samuel, you can talk, read some of it in Samuel, but. But then, but then I was thinking, you know, I was thinking back about, you know, who's the sage, who's the encourager, who's the challenger, who's all of these different people. And if you ha- if you're like, what is she talking about this sage stuff? What does that mean? Go back and listen to my previous episode, episode twenty one, because that it gives you a little it, more information about what what exactly that means. But I was thinking about David and Nathan, and when David had uh, messed up with Bathsheba. Nathan really called him out on it and held his feet to the fire. And he was a challenger in that moment, but it took some real vulnerability, some real raw transparency for David to admit, you know, this is where I am. This is what I did. Yeah. I committed adultery essentially because she was married to somebody else. And then he went and had her husband killed because she got pregnant and the man came home from war and wouldn't sleep with her because all the other men were out. So he's like. What, what am I going to do here? She's pregnant. They haven't slept together because he was at battle and now what's transpiring? And so he ended up sending him off to war to die. So he, he had some heavy stuff. <laughs> he had some heavy stuff he was carrying. And so Nathan kind of called him out on this stuff. And, and so he had a relationship where he was able to be his real authentic, transparent self. But I also want to remind you that he had this same kind of relationship with God. If you are doubting that in any way, go read the book of Psalms. Goodness sakes, you've got your highs, your lows, and everything in between. David was real. David was authentic. He was transparent. He was vulnerable. All of the above. With God first, and then he had some people in his life along the way who were able to help in that and hold him accountable. Did they listen? Sure. Did they let him just moan and groan and complain? No. They took ownership. And that's what it says. Complaining seeks relief. Vulnerability seeks transformation and connection.
1: Good stuff. I don't know. This th- it's, it's tough because I feel like, you know, in order to be
0: in this position, you have to first have somebody in your life where you feel like maybe just maybe that you could be that to that particular person. So how do you get there? Well, you got to start somewhere. You got to start somewhere. So start finding your safe people. Start finding those people who aren't going to judge you the minute you become real and share some things that you haven't shared with anybody else. And if it backfires, don't recoil and go back into
1: hiding. Try again. It wasn't the right person. Try again. If at first you don't succeed, what? Try and try again.
0: So as I sign off on this episode of The Journey, my prayer for you today is that you really truly begin To open yourself up to being vulnerable and transparent with God first and then with a few trusted others. Remember what Jenny Allen said, your whole village does not need to be privy to all of your stuff. They don't need to know it all. Only the people committed to walking with you through your everyday life and your deepest struggles qualify for that. So I pray that you take the risk of pain and getting hurt. And being uncomfortable until you land on the right people who will walk alongside you, they'll cry with you, they'll comfort you, they'll support you, protect you, pray with you, battle with you. And I pray that like David, you have some faithful friends that stick closer than a brother and also challenge you to become the best version of yourself as God intends for you to be. Well, thanks for listening to The Journey. I'd love to connect with you and hear your story and how you are journeying with Jesus. You can go to my website, leahmenzi.wixsite.com slash the-journey and click the tab to connect with me through the form. Email me at leahmenzi at gmail.com or check me out on Instagram and send me a private message. Until next time, journey on.